2: You're listening to RaceWire on Over-The-Top Cycling. We're in Boulder, Colorado, but uh, we've got some people joining us from quite a ways away. The team of Elliptigo riders, drivers, what do you call yourselves when you're on an Elliptigo?
0: Uh, I think rider.
2: Rider, okay. Uh, What an accomplishment. These guys just finished Paris, Brest, Paris on Elliptigos. We have Billy Grace, Alan McDonough, and Adai Makaya joining us, all of who participated in the event, as well as David Pittman, who uh, is the CEO of Elliptigo. Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you joining us.
3: Thank
1: you, George. Okay. So, Thank you, George. And just a correction, I'm, I'm nowhere near the CEO, but I am just a fellow, who, uh, this is David, I'm just a fellow who is uh, in the marketing department with, uh, with our wonderful writers here.
2: Well, okay, I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> we all. So, David, I want to start with you, just kind of telling us about the Elliptigo and how it works.
1: Sure. Well, the Elliptigo is the the world's first elliptical bicycle. So you think of it as uh, an elliptical machine that you might see in your typical fitness workout center and cross that with a road bicycle and that's what an elliptigo is it's a a bike that you take outside and you stand up and ride there's no seat on it uh you just ride uh, standing up and it's very very similar to a typical running motion
2: wow now now i want to talk with you Riders, Idai, uh, you I were the fastest of the group, so you've got a record out at PBP, I'm sure. This was the first time an elliptigo was finished, correct?
0: Yeah, this is the first time an elliptigo has finished PBP, because elliptigos only went on sale in 2010, so the, the PBP after that was just a year later, and at that stage, I think it was too too early in the training for people to know that events like this were possible. It took us a while before we looked great. You know, it took us a while to figure out um, that these kind of distances were possible. I'd say probably 2012, 2013 is when we realized. So before then, nobody was going to uh, be riding PVP on a because most of us just we're, were doing it as training. You know, we weren't necessarily looking. We didn't even know events like this existed. Most of us wow. at the time. We started.
2: So, Billy, what was it about the elliptigo that first got you interested in using one and then to take the step to doing something as long as Paris Breast Paris?
4: Um, Well, the first step for me was not really one of uh, choice. I'd uh, been a runner for many years, and I'd had serious hip surgery uh, to try and uh, save my running career. Unfortunately, that was not successful, and uh, despite the rehabilitation program I followed, so I was able to do uh, very different exercises and um, I became aware of the elliptico and I thought that that action, which seemed to work in the gym on the cross trainer, that I could take it outside without any problem. So I invested uh, my money in getting an elliptico and I, I bought more than a m- machine because when you acquire one, you, you really join a community, you join a club. Uh, and that's how I got to know Idai, who runs a Lit2Go UK, and he stayed very much in contact with me to support me in terms of uh, adjusting my sort of background in in sort of performance athletics, uh, transferring across to the Litigo, and and learning learning this 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 new tool, this new trade. So that's the first part of the answer. The 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 second part of the answer, in some ways, um, uh, is is less obvious really, because I was a middle distance runner. So, going up to five from 800 meters to 5,000 meters, and I didn't, uh, the longest I'd ever raced was half marathon. I didn't see any need to go beyond that. So, I was hearing of these exploits of uh, other elliptical riders, and I listened uh, politely uh, but with little interest Uh, no interest in terms of my own um, um, outlook, and actually, not that much interest in relation to theirs because it just it was, it was ultra-distance was not something that I was into, uh, but eventually um, we got sucked into it and, and I think the event itself plays part of that, because uh, Paris-Brest-Paris isn't just 1,200 kilometers, you know, it's an event that's every, only every four years, but it's an event that's been running since 1891, so it predates the Tour de France and it's the most historic, uh, largest, 6,000 plus in the field, uh, ultra-distance bike event in the world Um, so so it comes with a whole load of history and a whole load of other issues Um, and I really felt I'd been given another chance to sort of take part in something that was quite significant following my injuries Uh, so I I jumped at the chance uh, to join the team and but we had to qualify and, and I guess you can ask the other guys about the qualification phase because uh, um, there was a lot of hard work to do to get to where we uh, have just ended up in the past week.
2: Now, Alan, I have finished Race Across America six times. I cannot imagine doing 200K on an elliptical. What was it like? What kind of training do you do to get get in shape for using that?
3: Um, well, fortunately, the, the, the qualification process that uh, Billy and I mentioned <clears throat> tended to, to put a bit of structure to the training. In that since January, we've had a series of qualifying rides at increasing distances to complete between January and June, I think. So I had to start off with a 200k, then a 300, then a 400, then a 600. So as long as between those qualification rides, you were sort of just doing normal sort of training, which for me very much revolved around the weekend, the long long weekend ride, supplemented with shorter, more intense interval work during the week. Um, it just sort of happens, really. You just, just get, get in, forever increasing a distance as you're going. And, um, and until you hopefully get to the distance where you can just carry on almost indefinitely. As long as you eat and drink um, and get sufficient sleep, you can just get to a stage where you can just about keep, just keep on going.
2: Well, and, I, and looking at it and seeing other people on them, they look like a lot of fun. But I'm trying to imagine you going up a hill or descending the handling of the machine um, how long did it take you to get feeling familiar on the elliptical and comfortable enough to do something like this?
3: They are remarkably easy to, to adapt to. If you, basically, if you can ride a bike and if you can run, you can, you can ride an elliptical. They probably look more challenging than, than they are, um, really. You, 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 you get them on, you're comfortable with the pedaling motion, the steering and the handling almost immediately. Um, the ability then to just keep on going um, takes a little bit more getting used to, I suppose, because it's so easy to to um, go off very hard. And, and, and but as long as you're riding at a pace within yourself, it, it, it's it's probably safe. It's probably easier than it, it looks. It, look, it looks probably more challenging than in reality it is.
2: Now, Idai, did you have uh, any trouble getting? paris Brest Paris to accept you as um, another bike. I'm sure that you went off with the recumbents in the tandem?
0: That's correct. Um, what we did at the beginning, uh, we've, we've kind of built up to this over a number of years. So initially, back in 2012, I started doing 24-hour time trials. And obviously, we got a lot of attention doing that. Um, and that's what brought up the idea of doing an order right? So in 2012, Alan and myself got together with a couple of guys, and we trained for the London, Edinburgh, London, which is actually slightly longer than the PVP, it's 1,400 kilometers, and Alan and I both completed that within the the ORDAX time limit. Um, uh, Obviously the guys from ACP were aware of this because it was quite well highlighted um, in the uh, ORDAX Rangeneering community that we've done this. So when it came to time for PVP, we approached ORDAX club, and explained that we were putting together a group of guys who wanted to train for the event on an elliptical. And they said the only stipulation they had is that we had to do the qualification on the elliptical you go to the it in the event. So once we were given that green light, then everyone was pretty much happy to go.
2: And how did you go about recruiting your team?
0: <laughs> really, it was just through knowledge of people. I know a lot of people who ride ellipticals i i have a very good idea of how they perform just from either riding with them or seeing their data on strava and things like that or seeing them at various competitions and stuff in the usa and in in europe so i've got quite a few friends who ride ellipticals, and initially when the elliptical first became available the big craze was doing 100 miles so people were trying to get into this century club of the first 100 elliptical riders in the world the first people 100 analytical elliptical riders in the world to complete an official century ride. And I was quite keen on getting guys involved with that. And I, I quite remember back in 2011 telling Alan, you know, you, you know you can do a century on one of these things. And he was quite incredulous, but, but seemed interested in that yeah. That's basically how it worked. Um these guys had ridden in with me. Um, I'd um, done a, I did a, a, a 24 hour and they knew that if I could do it, they could do it. Most of them were better, better riders than I, than I am. So um, it wasn't that hard. Uh, you know, uh, once, once a couple of us had started doing longer and longer events, more and more guys started seeing it. Many guys from the ultra running community take notice of things like this. So guys are that we do that, so say, like Alan have done Ironman triathlon, like Stewart. you know, have done 100-mile runs. Many of them. So, so they've, they've got the kind of inclination towards this kind of thing already. And, and you know when people come up with these ideas, guys are excited and initially when we started our team for PVP, it, it got up to as many as 20 people, just different types of very good athletes, uh, mainly uh, ultra, ultra runners or marathon runners, but very fast guys and lots of people got involved, but there is a mindset to it, as you're probably aware, for long distance and many of the guys just didn't go through the full uh, qualification process. Many of them dropped out around the 400-kilometer mark, and from 400 kilometers onwards it just eight of us. Did the 600-kilometer and lined up for PPT. Okay. So that's kind of high. I would there. it. was kind of. Uh, I think it's just it's just a pioneering thing, you know. It's um, some guys were excited and do new things, trying new things, and, um, uh, and, and, and and these guys were among them. Sorry, my phone is ringing. Someone's taking a <laughs> Uh, and and these, these guys were among them, so I think we're all of alike, a like a similar kind of mentality, and, and I think that's how we got into this uh, We all have a gravitation towards just you know trying to see what's possible.
2: Now, David, are you still with us? Yes, I am. Uh, has it been difficult for Elliptigo to get <clears throat> accepted into certain cycling events? Um, do you have any pushback or anything there? I would think that having this team be so successful at PBP, I mean, you guys had a great finishing rate. Um, that that might open some doors for you.
1: Indeed, uh, as you as you mentioned, we did have seventy five percent. So six of our eight starters completed it. I mean, that's and fantastic. Six, yeah, all six made it well past halfway. Uh, in to to answer your question, there have been. Um, some occasions where an event will uh, will will push back because it uh, it's a, a bit unusual of a of a bike, and they're not certain how to deal with it. Quite honestly, um, but that that the incidence of that is uh, is getting less and less. And I, I do indeed think part of it is because of the exploits of fellows like uh, Adai, Billy, and Alan, and the other finishers here, and all the. Uh, Uh, We had a a team that completed the death ride in California, which was uh, an amazing feat of 15,000 feet of climbing. So uh, the more that we are out and participating in these events, uh, the more accustomed people get to seeing the bikes and understanding that, you know, really they're just another bike. It just happens to be that our riders are standing up.
2: Now, Billy, the the problem I'm having is I want to ask so much about the experience of using the elliptigo that, but I also want to know what your logistics were, what you guys ate, how you handled PVP. Um, there's like two interviews here, but let's. What were your logistics? You guys went out as a team. Did you plot out um, where you had planned to take your sleep breaks? Um, how you were going to handle the controls, the food, the drop bags. Were you together or were you out there kind of on your own?
4: Well, we did we did have a support vehicle with a uh, support okay. mechanic in it who is uh, specialized in looking after elliptigos because obviously there, um, while there are a lot of components which are common to any type of bicycle, there are some components which are unique to the elliptigo and there are certain skills which an elliptigo engineer would have which would enable any mechanical to be dealt with far quicker uh, than dealing with language.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you.
5: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.
4: Difficulties in one of the control points with one of the otherwise helpful French mechanics. Because time, as you know from being right across America is money in this game. So, uh, so that was an added advantage. But, but this guy was also um, um, uh, able Um, and we should name check him, Grant Strong, he was great. Uh, He was also able to handle having drop bags for us in his vehicle so that we had access to some extra provisions that we might need along the way. Um, And then we used a variety of technological tools to make sure we met up with him either just before or just after the uh, control point uh, because there's a a really large number of uh, support vehicles, so there's a degree of jostling for position. Um, and many of the guys in the other support vehicles uh, were experienced in having been to the event previously. Uh, whereas uh, you know this was a big step up for Grant, and it would have been for any of us if we were driving such a support vehicle. So we, we did have that degree of support, but ultimately it's, it's then very much down to the individual. Um, uh, Quite a lot of the group started out together. I I went off at my own pace, and uh, each person ultimately has to follow their own uh, plan because obviously everybody's needs in relation to eating and sleeping are ultimately different. Um, And you haven't really got the time uh, to work to the lowest common denominator. You've got to do what you've got to do to get yourself through this event. And of course, your needs change from morning to night, and from one day to the next, and so there's a lot of thinking and strategy, as you know, during the event, as you try to dynamically respond to the events around you, link up with other cyclists, and get through uh, each of the uh, the 15 stages.
2: Alan, did you feel a lot of acceptance from the other riders, uh, and how about from all the fans along the route cheering for you and everything?
3: certainly the uh, or both yes certainly the fans along the route were very excited should we say to, to to see the ellipticos uh, probably because you know they would seen six thousand standard bicycles go by <laughs> and then when they see something so radically different they they, they just went bananas so that that was tremendous cyclists uh, you have to earn their respect really from something so different they, they are they can be somewhat skeptical to start with um, and when we did, as did I mention, we did a, 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 a similar length event in the UK a couple of years ago. And when we, we first turned up there, the elliptical really was totally almost unknown among the cycling community. And they were, they weren't so much hostile, but they were very suspicious, should we say, of our, 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 our attendance and our uh, attempt to ride, do this ride. But as we got further and further in it, 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 it that, that, that suspicion just turned to respect of what we were doing. And a similar thing in PBP, we we're probably more so that we got respect really right from the beginning. People saw what we were doing, and they realised the machine is, is 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 a very capable device. And we were we were just getting respect from riders as well. It was it's it it's it, it's a very heartwarming device to ride when you get that that that, that acknowledgement from both riders and and spectators alike. It uh, it, it G's you up very very nicely.
2: Now, Uday, uh just. Kind of taking uh, the question for Alan a little bit further, are you seeing more acceptance from people in the European community than you are from the United States? Um, or the team you put together was all from the UK?
0: No, we have, um, you know, we, when, when we started out, we had a, a couple from the USA, and yes, a large number from the UK, but that's largely because of geography and how expensive it is to come from the USA. To France with an Elliptico. Um, that, that, that's the reason I believe that it was more UK okay. dominated. And also the fact that the um, outer distance scene for Elliptico really developed in the UK. So um, in, in the UK, you know, in, in, in random area, the Elliptico is not as much of a variety in terms of the guys there um, are aware of it the same way they're aware of a Velomobile or a recumbent bike. It's a different kind of bike. But they are well aware in the, in the Bordax community, these that people can ride very long distances on these bikes. Uh, uh, in, the U- in the UK, I don't believe there's any more acceptance than anywhere else uh, of the elliptical. Um, what we find with elliptical is that it don't really have an, an issue with acceptance. It's just a uh, um, an issue with awareness. There's a very low awareness level generally about the elliptical all around the world. Uh, and most of the people who buy the elliptical don't just buy it as a bicycle. With, with, with the driving force behind it is really fitness and actually training for running so most people when they get into the elliptical it's just training for running they, they don't consider themselves cyclists many of our uh, fellow riders still to this day do not consider themselves cyclists and um, it's just that people tend to need a competitive outlet to motivate them in their training and that's how you become a cyclist because although the, the, the elliptical is a different type of training uh, the truth of the matter is it's a bicycle it's got two wheels moves straight on a road and it handles and does what a bike does uh, it's slower though um, you expend a lot more energy on the electrical because it has a lot of drag and that's the main thing about the electrical it's not so much efficiency um, it is slightly less efficient than a bike there's no doubt about that. It, but it's more than drag and you know as you get above 10 miles an hour um i know studies have been done that there's an exponential increase in drag so by the time you have 15 miles an hour, you know, to go from 15 miles an hour average in a ride on the elliptical to 16 miles an hour average on the elliptical, you probably take double the extra effort compared to doing the same thing on a bicycle. Um, as you get higher and higher into the more competitive cycling speeds, on the elliptical, you're using a huge amount of energy. So 15 miles an hour is, is, a, is, a, is a considerable pace to maintain on an elliptical. And taking that up to 20 miles per hour, it's a huge effort, uh, so the, uh, the dynamics of the cycling are different just because of the, the fact that you're standing up and it increases your surface area by about 50%, um, and that's what makes it different, but otherwise it's a bike, uh, in terms of the handling, the way it behaves, it is very much a bike, and we go up hills the same way, go down curves the same way, It does uh, just got a different dynamic.
2: Now David, question to you. Um... Again, when you contacted me, I was just thrilled. I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to talk to you guys. <laughs> um, but again, uh, as Adiah was saying, I've never seen an elliptigo at an event in the United States. And I put on events. I race a lot. Um, have you had difficulty um, with getting elliptigos entered into events in the United States?
1: No, I, I wouldn't say there's been... Difficulty getting them in, uh, aside from um, my comments earlier that occasionally a race director will will question um, if it's a capable device, uh, which obviously it is. These guys have certainly demonstrated that. Uh, We do have uh, over 13,000 bikes on the road around the world. Um, But if you look at the world... It's a very big world, and when you spread 13,000 of them around, uh, obviously the the penetration is not that large in any one area. Um, They are very popular in Southern California, of course. That's where our our headquarters is, so there's a a strong concentration there, as well as many of the southern tier states where it's sunny all all year round. I am in central Indiana, so in the wintertime, my bike is is in the basement on a trainer, uh, but it works very well that way too. So it's just it's just a, a, as Adai said, a little bit of a matter of awareness, um, but that's growing as well, and we do expect to see more and more of them in events going forward.
2: Well, that's I put on an event called Race Across Oregon, which is 500 miles. It's got almost 40,000 feet of climbing, and I'm not using this to promote my event. I'm but to. <laughs> I would never have even considered allowing an go in because I had no idea how it handled. Um, I'm thinking of safety on descents, and you guys have really opened my eyes as to what you can do on the, the machine.
3: Well, if you exactly a ticket for that, we'll that's come across and do it. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a perspective that I think a lot of people have, just they don't know. But um, what, what a lot of us on ellipticals tended to do in the early days. Just to avoid that, you just let this show up. Now When you show up, there's nothing guys can do. That's really very friendly in person. If you ask a guy who's never heard of it, seen it, can I use this bike? They'll start to worry about insurance, they'll start to worry about safety and all those things you mentioned. So, a lot of the guys who enter cycling they just show up. And once they ride through the event, usually towards the end, they get um, given a huge amount of respect um, for doing it because they're, they're, they're the people they didn't expect it. But the other thing you need to be aware of is uh, the kind of event you just mentioned. You're not going to get many elliptical riders coming to you because, like I said, most people use the elliptical for fitness. They they buy the elliptical as a way to train for running, even for cycling, because the elliptical is an exercise midway between cycling and running. So if you are a cyclist or a runner and you use the elliptical as well, you'll find that it will improve your abilities in those other disciplines. And most people actually buy the elliptical to train for other things rather than as a discipline in itself. Those that do buy it as a discipline in itself, uh, part of the reason is they don't want to spend all day training. They want to be able to go out for one hour, have a good session and get a lot of fitness from it, which is not really the thing you do on a bicycle. On a bicycle, you've got to go out for a couple of hours to get super fit. Um, So the elliptical is harder to ride. It wasn't intended for ultra distance. But just the same as a human being is not intended to run 100 miles, but they're people who trade and run 100 miles. You uh, can ride 100 miles on an elliptical, you can ride 1,000 miles. Uh, but the, 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 it's true purpose, it's fitness. And the, the main type of person who buys an elliptical is a middle aged person. You know, of um, yeah, that cycling age group, well over 40, uh, middle aged person with good, you know, good responsibilities, families, jobs, etc. They're just using it as a, as a fitness device. Um, they're not going to get attracted. Ultra cycling is a very niche uh, market, it's a very niche um, sector. Even in cycling, you know, the majority of the, of the you know, billions of cyclists in this world, uh, very few do alpha cycling. You know, the majority of cyclists consider 100 miles an epic accomplishment. So um, don't expect lots of elliptical riders to be showing up at your door. Uh, this is really not what the NITICO about. Most people are just riding the thing 30 miles and getting a very good workout and, and they're happy with that. You know, ultra stuff is more for the mind. You know, the kind of person who does ultras, it's, it's a certain type of person and that's the niche. Type of but I don't think, it's, it's like an Ironman triathlon, it's not for everybody. Um, so I don't think you're going to see many people. You'll see the occasional go show up, but you're not going to see many because why would you come up to buy race? on an elliptical, you're not going to win, that's for sure, because you're expending 30 to 40% more effort than everyone else around you. So that's really not what the elliptical is about, and that's why you won't see many. And I met some guys in the paris Best Paris who own ellipticals, and they were shocked, because they would never consider doing the paris Best Paris on an elliptical. I can imagine.
2: <laughs> Oh, I just, I mean, you guys did, that is such an athletic feat. I am so impressed with your team, and I just congratulate you all. Incredible job. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. George, I, I, I do need to, to give, a, give the fellows an additional shout-out here. Adai uh, alluded to it, but we do have, there's, there's been metabolic testing done. And that has shown that the Elliptico requires approximately 30% more effort than a standard road bike. So uh, think about the accomplishment uh, that these fellows made in completing Paris-Bress Paris uh, with that 30% additional uh, effort and still managing to finish in the 90-hour time limit.
2: It's incredible. I mean, your body being erect there, you've got so much wind and I. It blows me away what you guys did. I just think it's phenomenal.
0: Uh, I, I think we were lucky with the, with the wind resistance, though, because during Paris, Paris, the wind was quite tame and blowing crosswise. So we got lucky. The, the challenge was the hills, but the, the elliptical does have a bit of an efficiency on the hills because you can use your weight. Uh, because you're standing up, and you're using your weight in a comfortable way. Uh, it does seem to have a bit of an efficiency on the hills. I'm not saying it's easier. But it's, um, I think the difference between a uh, standard road bike and the need to go on the hills is not as marked as it is on the flats or going down. I remember there was a time I was riding with some guys that I knew on the T V and we were going down some very long descent. It was impossible to keep up those guys on the road bikes, no matter what. You know, because they, they are just so much faster, they're so much more streamlined because they're so much lower. You know, they're all at our knee level. And we are standing towering into the wind. So going down the hill here, we're really losing the time. But going up the hill, I noticed often you, you know, in the crowd, and going like everybody else. But as soon as
2: it got flat over downhill, it pulling away again. Well, I want to thank you all for joining me on RaceWire Over the Top Cycling in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.